0: Everybody, and welcome to another episode of Chris Sells His Soul, the show where I sit down and talk to cool people who will help you be more creative in business. So I am very excited about my guest today. Everybody, please welcome in the comments, uh, she is the author of the book, Look Me in the Eye, Using Video to Build Relationships with Customers, Partners, and Teams, Give it up for Julie Hansen.
1: Wow. Thank you for that lovely introduction and resounding applause. <laughs> thank you all. Yes, I'm so happy to be here with you, Chris. So my book, Look Me in the Eye, uh, came out in October, and that's my third sales book. Mm-hmm. It was really came out of this need that I saw when the pandemic struck, when so many people you know, went to video, many saying, mm-hmm. I'll never do it, right? Never, never find me talking to my camera. And I noticed that all the skills that I learned as an actor working on film and television were not something we had available to us in business. And so it was really born out of that struggle that I had as an actor when I transitioned from stage to film is how do you connect with people through the camera? and so I, I wrote the book and I've uh, been working with sales teams on how to how to use those skills to connect better, to build credibility and those relationships that really drive sales.
0: That is fantastic. Well, those are all of my favorite subjects. Performing on camera, the sudden unexpected shift to video, transferring those entertainment skills to the sales world. That is what this show is all about. Cool. So I'm going to start by trying to stump you Julie. Oh,
1: please do.
0: (laughs) Please do. (laughs) So polite. Okay, and I'm going to stump the audience, too. Audience, if you're you're out there, I know I'm going to get these comments late because that's how StreamYard works. But my question is, if you're talking to someone one-on-one, should you be looking at their face on the screen or should you be looking straight into your camera lens? And everybody who's commenting on this, I want you, before Julie weighs in on this, I want you all to comment do you usually look at the screen or do you usually look at the camera lens? Like are, are you seeing their face or not mm-hmm. when you're given a Zoom presentation or you're you're FaceTiming with somebody? So having having set that up, I'm curious to see which comments roll in. And um yeah, Julie, what do you do? Camera lens or face?
1: Camera lens or face? That is the question, isn't it? Well. The correct answer in my understanding and based on the goal of actually connecting with another person is you have to look at the camera. So the camera is really the eyes of your audience, your customer, your manager, your team, whoever you're talking to. So anything else does not feel like eye contact to the recipient. So as much as we are drawn to that face on the screen and we feel so intently that we're connecting because we're looking at them and we're looking in their eyes on the screen, it doesn't feel that way to the other person. And ultimately that's what matters, right? Is how the other person feels. Mm -hmm. So yes, so for anyone who said the screen, I'm sorry, (laughs) I wish it were true, it would be easier, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, it's a real conundrum right cuz especially if somebody's is. talking to you and it's somebody shy or like in sales your whole job is like how do i get this other person talking naturally you know mm-hmm. so if somebody's pouring their heart out to you you want to be watching them and you want to be picking up on all their facial expressions but yeah i i tend to agree where like it's more important that they feel like they're being looked at directly so like what do you do with all those missed nonverbals then because I know that's a, right. that's a big thing for people is like they're watching, they want to see how they're being received. How do you mm-hmm. still consume that information?
1: That's really the crux of it, isn't it? It's like, well, if I'm looking at my camera, I can't see what you're doing. I want to stop and suggest that that's not, in fact, true. Because if you're looking at your camera and you have it set up properly and you have your images uh, arranged on the screen as close to the camera as possible, you can actually see quite a bit with your peripheral vision. Uh, we all have much stronger peripheral vision than we realize. We just don't usually use it consciously. It's kind of like, you know, suddenly I'll see a, somebody approach, you know, coming up behind me or, you know, a car coming out of the, the left lane. We, we use it for emergencies, right? But we can actually call on that and use it more intentionally when we are talking on camera. It's a it's a it's a great skill to really hone and start to leverage. It's not the minute little detail of a crinkle in the eye or w- wrinkle of the nose, but these are some pretty important cues, right? Mm-hmm. So. What we need to do is understand that you know we, we need to, first of all, kind of get comfortable with we can see a lot more than we think. We think we're completely in the dark, and we're not. And we need to start to leverage that peripheral vision a little more, trust it a little more. And the second part of it is we are often assigning in-person behavior to on-screen um, people, <laughs> and it is not the same. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Well, people show up very differently- in virtual meetings, right? Mm -hmm. On video calls. Of course, they're not making good eye contact. So it instantly feels like, oh, this person is uninterested. They're bored because they're not looking at me, which is just simply they don't know how to work with the camera. Mm -hmm. Um, We have been trained by media to sit in front of a screen, whether it's a TV screen, a movie screen, or a computer screen, or an iPad in receiving mode, right? Mm -hmm. We're there to like you know, we're consuming information. And that is, is, is a different demeanor than if we're showing up in a meeting and we we uh, are having an exchange with somebody. And people fall into this trap of, you know, expecting people to behave virtually the way they do in person, and they don't. And then and we assign this meaning to them. Oftentimes, people show up with this expression on their face, which I call RBF. I Know if you know what that shorthand is for? It's not a bad word. Resting
0: Beavis face.
1: Resting business face. Very. Oh, way. there no. we go. Okay. Resting Business face. It's people's, however their default expression is when they're just in receiving mode, like, mm-hmm. huh. and it usually looks pretty disinterested. You know, mm-hmm. depending on someone's physiology, but it's rarely like you know, very attentive and interested. And so if you look at that expression and go, oh my God, they're bored. they're Oftentimes you're misjudging that because that is not what that means. They're just, that's how they show up. And if you react to all those little cues that mean something different virtually, you're going to rush through your presentation. You're going to over check in and you're, you're going to misread the situation.
0: That's all very interesting stuff. I'm going to ask, this is going to be a stupid question, but it's oh, not good. a stupid question. I don't believe in stupid questions, but why should we care that our eye contact isn't good? Why why is that even something people should work on in the first place? If you got a well-paying job and your job is safe and you go to your Zoom meetings, maybe you don't like them, maybe your camera's not on half the time, why even bother getting better at eye contact?
1: That is actually a great question because because it isn't easy, you know? If it was enough for me to say You know, Chris, everyone here needs to make better eye contact. They need to look at the camera. You Mm -hmm. could go out with the best intention and it would still be really hard. And that's Mm -hmm. why I have a whole chapter on it in the book. And I teach a methodology to do it because it's counterintuitive. There's nothing easy about it. Why we do it, many, many good reasons. The first being that that is how, as humans, we have learned to connect with each other. That's how we feel like someone is interested in us. It shows interest. It shows attention. It shows confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, we associate direct eye contact with being trustworthy. Like, think about it. When we've learned as little kids, like when little kids are looking away, they're like, uh, "No, I didn't do that. I didn't eat the cookies." <laughs> right?
0: Or the opposite. When a baby just stares at you when you're at the grocery store, and the baby's so just staring at you,
1: right? It's you we can't feel, look away. Yeah, we feel it's compelling. The the human face is the most compelling thing to another human. That's the most interesting thing you can put in front of someone. Now, conversely, if, you know, if we were in person and this is what's crazy, we, we often kind of put aside the, the idea that it's important on video because it's hard, right? Because it doesn't feel natural, mm-hmm. even though we've learned to do all kinds of things that didn't feel natural at first. Right. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if you and I were sitting across from each other and I asked you a question, you know, like, you know, tell me, you know, what's the biggest challenge you're facing today? And then you proceeded to answer. And I looked at your shoes the whole time while you were telling me, you might think, geez, Julie, do you care? Are you listening? Or or if I pulled out my phone, which is something, you know, if we're looking down on virtually, that's that's a good, you know, option that somebody may be doing. So we would never do that in person, right? We would look at someone, we would make them, make sure they feel like we hear them and we understand them. And so many people do not feel seen or heard on video because nobody is bothering to look at them.
0: I actually want to jump off on something here because this is something that I have like really picked up on and why eye contact is like this huge part of what I do. I have a weekly show and half of it is just me staring at the audience. Like like literally, (laughs) if you watch it, half of the punchlines have nothing to do with the words. It is is my face and it is how I am reacting Mm. to things. Right. And I think there's a misconception when people first start getting on video, especially in business, there's a misconception that people are looking at you and thinking about your appearance. And what I found, what they're actually thinking about is they're paying attention to me you know and with eye contact it's not so much about being dominant or controlling the room or anything for me it's letting the other person know that i'm listening and mm-hmm. i have found especially with shy people a shy person is typically a person who reads way too much into nonverbal cues mm. and they will they will overthink all these little interactions we have and i find that when you're talking to a shy person even if you interrupt them to just be like Oh, that's that's a good point. Go on, it throws them off, and they start thinking about what you just said instead of where their thought process was mm. going. But if I'm sitting there and I just give them gentle eye contact and I just give them a little nod, I just told them I'm listening to you. Please keep talking, you know. But I, right. I didn't have to interrupt them with my words to do that. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, eye contact. We we communicate so much with our eyes. Uh, we are we are experts at reading each other's eyes. They tell us, unlike a lot of mammals that don't have the whites, you know, around the eyes, they they tell us exactly where you're looking. So mm. there's no there's no fooling the camera. Like if you're slightly off, it will just feel really off to your audience, right? Yeah. People I'm, people will tell me, well, my camera's pretty close to where you know this they are on the screen. It's like, no, that's not good enough for eye contact. We expect either you're looking right at me. Or you're looking at something else, mm-hmm. right? It's that precise. And we have to remember that you are the tip of the iceberg. 90%, 85% of your body, they can't see. I would say, you know, if, if the camera doesn't see it, it didn't happen as far as. Oh, thank enough.
0: goodness. Because my <laughs> everything else here is unacceptable. Right. right. Looks so, okay. so you're
1: good. So you're okay. So that's good news <laughs> and bad news, right? Yeah. But I remember, and to your point, when I was an actor early on and I was rehearsing for this scene with uh, a guy who was supposed to be my love partner, who of course I just met like, you know, 15 minutes prior. And the, and the director stopped me and he said, you know, you don't look like you really like him that much. And I was like, well, I do. I'm, you know, I'm acting my heart out and I mean to, I surely I do. I know I'm smiling. And he said, okay, uh, let's look at the tape. And, you know, he was recording a rehearsal and he looked back and I looked just kind of uninterested, you know? And so there's, I wasn't really giving him much eye contact. My face wasn't very expressive. I wasn't smiling. I felt like I was. And see, that's the problem is most of us do not have a good awareness of what our face is doing, where Mm -hmm. our eyes are. We haven't developed that skill because we haven't had to. It's, you know, in person, it was very natural and a lot of things that are we're able to read in person, like those, like you said, those little um, nods or smiles. A lot of those nuances aren't as easily read on camera, so we always Especially- have to we have to go overboard a little bit to make sure they're being communicated.
0: Mm-hmm. I've worked in a bunch of different sales jobs before this, but I remember like I would hear occasionally somebody would say, oh, I explained this in the presentation, but he just wasn't paying attention. You know, that person wasn't paying attention. And it was the same yeah. thing like back when I did comedy. like I did comedy and people would be like, oh, this bit is hilarious this sketch is hilarious. The stupid audience didn't laugh. Right, right. And it's like, well, you're the performer, so that's <laughs> kind of your only job is exactly. to make sure that the performance lands. And right. if they're not paying attention, you gotta do something to get them to pay attention. And I find, I like working with the element of surprise a lot and I'm all about the reactions. So I, you know, when you see someone react and when you were you were an actor, I did a little bit of acting. I did a little bit of television on some web series. Um, But I did a lot of stage stuff and anybody's interested in improv. I, one of the big questions I always got in improv was if you do long form improv, where it's like what the Upright Citizens Brigade did or the Groundlings or Second City, or it's um, where you're doing these big, long shows and you're, it's a 40 minute long thing or 60 minutes or 90 minutes. And, you know, there's just, like everyone just makes it up and there's characters and through lines and multiple threads. And everybody would come up to me afterwards and be like, oh, you guys planned that out beforehand, right? Like you Or like you have like a little conversation backstage. Like, oh, you're going to be that guy. You're going to be that woman. You're going to be and like, come out. That? And it's like, no, no. Um, that is all eye contact. And especially in, in scenes where there's like multiple people. If you're in a scene with 10 people And it's very organized and, and, you know, people are like, how do you manage that much chaos on stage? It's because if I see three people in a cluster and I say, Becky, come here, sweetheart, and I'm making eye contact with one of them, they see that and the performers know, okay, that this is an interchange between them two. And even if there's a mistake, maybe the wrong person maybe somebody doesn't catch my eye contact and somebody else thinks they're Becky. And she, she comes in with the next line. I'm going to snap my eyes to her. And now I'm having the scene with her and it all happened in a fraction of a second. And it was this little conversation we had with our eyes. Right. Right. If You have the patience and you know what you're looking for. You can have a whole conversation without saying anything.
1: Right. And you know, that's, that's so true. And I think part of the, the beauty of improv and why I like it for business as well is like you said, it comes together and it looks seamless, but it's not just we're just saying top, you know, whatever comes to top of mind, which is most what a lot of people think improv is, but there's actually some rules that help it move forward, right? Like, like say yes and right, like don't like add to the story. Don't, don't, you know, say some dopey open-ended, you know, statement that doesn't take us anywhere. So so yes. those things are helpful. But also, you know, what you said about the eye contact that we use that when we're in live meetings as well. And that is missing virtually. We don't have that luxury because obviously, you know, as the presenter, we've got a panel with a number of people on it. We can't necessarily use it to make a specific person feel something. But the beauty of video is that everybody will feel like you are talking just to them. So everybody has their own personal experience with you the presenter. It's not like, oh, I can see she's talking to Chris, not me. And that's why if we know that if we understand what the, you know, how the camera reads things, how our audience reads things, we can use that to our advantage. For instance, if I throw out a question, you know, and I look at the camera, Everybody will feel like I'm talking to them and somebody will answer that. Now, what happens is oftentimes people ask a question and they'll ask it to the screen because they're looking at the panel and the faces and they're like, so who has an opinion on this? And because I'm looking at the screen, everybody will think, well, first of all, does she expect an answer or is it rhetorical? Mm-hmm. And second of all, oh, she's probably talking to Bob or, you know, Janet or instead of like, oh, I, she's talking to me, right? Yeah when you're looking at the camera. So understanding that can help you, as you said, sometimes we, you know, performers blame the audience. A lot of times presenters, salespeople blame our customer like, oh gosh, they're so passive. They didn't say, you know, they don't engage. I throw out questions. Nobody has, you know, nothing but crickets. It's like, it's really not their job to do that. Right. Right. Um, Well, We have to, we, no, we, I mean, we have to plan that in certain ways that we can Make it easier for them to participate is to make it very clear that we expect an answer by looking at the camera and holding our gaze there.
0: Yeah, well, and it's uh, and the more I live to, the more it's like, what are you asking them in return? Like, are are you asking for too much? And like, I am now. I train people in video selling, like Vidyard and Drift and Loom and BombBomb and all these tools that sales teams have. I found that sales teams adopt the platform. Mm -hmm. They assume just getting on video means that all of a sudden they're going to have these out-of-this-world conversion rates. And then all of a sudden you realize like, oh, this is a completely different thing that I need to learn how to do. And no one's good at it like the instant you start doing it. And like even when I was building my business, I was like, okay, I'll get on camera. I'll be super interesting for 30 seconds. And then I'll drop my calendar invite in there. And of course, everyone is going to sign up to talk to me. And It didn't really work that way, you know, it takes persistence. And what I found that you can do on video is one, you can disrupt a pattern, right? You can get someone to listen to you, but it's good for introducing an idea. And I found that, especially if you're, if you're dealing in sales, everybody says, oh, you got to be a storyteller and you got to be an educator. You have to educate them. And I'm like, well, it's very hard for people to accept education at the same time as you're giving them a sales pitch right you know and i I found that like there is value in sending them to prospects most of my video like it does not all go to cold prospects a lot of it goes to people I know a lot of them go to people who are in the pipeline I send videos to people who like they want quotes from me there are all these important stages in a business relationship that aren't just getting a person's attention and video helps them you know in in all cases and right you know, right it people anything it's Anything you'd rather have on the phone, there's a reason why sales reps exist and why they want to get you in a conversation. All those moments where you'd rather tell them in person or you'd rather tell them on Zoom, if you can't get them in a room, video is the next best thing. Get 30 seconds of you making that case to them and then see if they respond and then make your sales pitch. That's well,
1: really Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I mean, you said a couple of things in there that I think are really important. And first of all, is that idea of like disrupting someone and be, you know, oh, I'm on video now, everybody should pay attention. Well, those days have passed, right? I mean, <laughs> it used to be the early adopters, you know, it was unique and, uh, and out of the norm. But as more and more people jumped on the bandwagon to, you know the bar is is raised we have to understand that it, the novelty is worn off mm-hmm. um so you have to not just you know it's not enough just to turn your camera on and to expect you're going to be good at it actors aren't born knowing how to do this it's you know you're not born knowing how to you know talk to the camera like that's your scene partner and you're madly in love with them or you're you know excited about some adventure you're going to go on
0: Especially yeah. not stage actors, stage actor, that no, acting no, for a big in-person crowd is a really, very different I, thing than acting for a camera. It is.
1: It's very much like going, you know, for me, it was very much like going from being a live salesperson to, to virtual. And so it's very, very similar. The only thing is that the actors actually take classes to learn how to communicate on camera. And somehow we decided that as business, we can skip that stage. Why, I do not know, because thus we see, you know, all these terrible and boring virtual calls or videos going out. We see customers turning their camera off because they want to have the ability to tune out because they know it's not going to be very interesting. Great for us. That's great for
0: us. (laughs) Business schools don't teach this, so we do, you know. Right,
1: right. And it's important, as you said, to, you know, to use video to disrupt people, but part of that is what I find when I'm working with people who who are on video, or I watch videos that people send me. They spend the first, I would say, at least thirty seconds, sort of warming up in the video. They're kind of getting, you know, comfortable, and then they then they get to the interesting stuff, or they really their personality comes out, and that's just too long. It's like an actor. Once that camera light is on. You have to already be in character. You have to be warmed up. You have to be at that right energy level. You don't have the luxury of warming up on your audience. because You start in the middle. You know, yeah, start in the middle. Yeah, which is a great improv rule, right? Start in the middle of the story. Start in the middle of your energy level, which means you have to kind of create you know, what we call acting like the moment before. Like the moment before you're talking to this person, it's all like you're already in a conversation. You're already engaged. You're already excited about this. So when that camera goes on, it's the continuation of a really exciting conversation.
0: And they'll, they'll do that first part on their own. If I send you a video and it's Chris Bogue and he's trying to get your company to hire him, Probably the first thing you're going to do is you're going to click on my LinkedIn profile and you're going to look around. You're going to do that backstory of like, who is this guy? Where does he live? Where is he coming from? What's the name of his company? I don't need to put all that exposition into the video. All I need to say is, hey, I'm Chris. Here's what I noticed about you. I noticed that your company is working on this and I know that you do this, and this is a goal of yours, and here's something I'd like you to think about, you know, and I, right. I get the right. idea there, but the most important thing, the most important personalization is not that, hey, I went to this school, and so did you, it's, it's I noticed you, and I'm aware of what you're working on, and I just cut right to that, and that's another right. thing. So like, yeah,
1: you cut to the chase, it's it's the same, We we, for a long time in regular sales presentations, we had to do the introductory, you know, here's who we are, it's like, if they don't know who you are by the time you walk into their conference room, that's a mistake, right? <laughs> Some, something felt Or the that crap. or, or how then that they these people, how they get in here? Like that doesn't happen. And so it's really just for our comfort that we go through that to kind of ease ourselves into the conversation. So, it's not comfortable to start in the middle. It's not comfortable to go, "Hey, Chris, I'm so excited to have you here today. Here's what I noticed." you know, X, Y, Z, both at being at that high energy level and starting in the middle of that content in the middle of the story.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was the thing I always learned in, you know, the, the improv thing. It's like the dropping one word makes you just seem like you know what you're talking about. And um, I'll see people get very upset because they're like, "Ah, oh, people are such idiots. There's so much great information out there and nobody even Googles anything. And I'm like, that's great. Are you in a meeting where you are in over your head and that other person is like, this is, this is a big target VIP for you. Maybe they did forget to Google you. Maybe they don't know anything about you, but if they get 60 seconds of you and you look smart and you sound cool and you're saying relevant things confidently, they'll be like, "Wow, well, this person seems pretty smart. Maybe I should, t- you know, like maybe I should check right. out their stuff.
1: Gotta do it on the back
0: end. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, they can't, and this is the thing I love about video. Whereas like, I used to be self-conscious because I would go into a meeting and I would look at the shoes, right? You'd see the guy up there, the sales VIP, the VP of whatever, and he's just got these shoes that are just immaculate. You know, just these beautiful Italian shoes and they're pointed and they're shiny and they're polished. And I'd go, ah, I bought my shoes at Target. You know, like, oh, they must be looking at me and they can, and they can notice all these things. They can see you there slouching and they can see you there checking your phone and looking at the clock and all this stuff. And then we got on video and I'm like, they don't, if I give them a 100% polished, attentive, funny, insightful, useful performance, that may be a hundred percent of what they know about me. And that's great. Now all the, all this other stuff that I don't want them to focus on, I just don't have to bring it up. Right,
1: right. Well, and, and that's true. And that there's, there's some pros and cons to that, right? Because suddenly instead of what we used to communicate with our entire body and our physical presence and energy It now has to be all packed into this, you know, this space here. I would say if your face has nothing to say, why are you on camera, right? Mm -hmm. It could be a phone call because that's what I see. I don't, I don't just see resting business face on customers. I see it on salespeople. I have a lot of salespeople that are like, well, this is going to save you a million dollars. It's like, I'm sorry. Is that good news (laughs) or bad news? Because if I just looked at your face, I would have no idea.
0: You can tell when someone doesn't actually have the conviction of what they're saying.
1: Right, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. It's like I, I, I'm uncomfortable saying this. I don't know if it's really true. It sounds braggy. There's all kinds of internal reasons, so you have to sort those out before you get on camera because the camera is really a lie detector. And if you are uncomfortable with what you're saying, there's some incongruency. It will read to your audience, and they won't know why it's you know, something's off, but it, you know, like I said, we know how to read faces. And so they'll be like, huh, I don't, you know, she said the right things, but I, but I don't know, just, I, I just don't feel like I can trust that this is gonna happen
0: yeah well and we actually we just got a, a question in the comments here somebody asked about my improv background i feel this relates to what you're saying too um and one thing that i'm i'm noticing is like i was a stage comedy guy and comedy on video is different but the the face not lying is a part of that so clamp here asked in the comments chris can you tell us more about your improv background so i spent 10 years doing improv and sketch in chicago I was trained in chicago second city i also did uh weekly shows at comedy sports in chicago they were like half sketch, half improvised. And I was never, I was always like the support player. You know, I was I was very much a reactor. When I was in high school, I did Arsenic and Old Lace, that old movie mm. that was the Carrie yep. Grant part. And he's this very like, mm, kind of uh, yeah. very reactive. And right. um, even thinking about the movie like Beethoven, the big slobbery dog, it's like anybody could point a camera at a St. Bernard, but it's Charles Grodin as the dad going, out! 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 You know, like that's what people are laughing at. And I found that when I'm frustrated, if I give them frustration or I give them confusion or I give them awkwardness, those all read very, very specifically on the camera because the camera can pick up these little movements of the eyes and the mouth. Right, Um, right. So my my characters, whenever I'm doing sketch comedy, is all just me playing a different emotion. And this is sure, something sure. Um, this, he just asked was comedy sports. Yeah, and It's just like a, it's like, whose line is it anyway? Kind of stuff. But when that's you very fair. have to quickly have to pick up a character, you just pick a different version of yourself, a more educational version of yourself or a more annoyed version of yourself or a more confused version of yourself. And just, just stay in that energy and give that energy to the camera with your eyes and your face. And it's like a completely different person.
1: Right. Right. Well, it, you know, and that's, in acting, we call that going over the top, right? And a lot of times, because most, most people are not used to being very expressive with their face. Most people in business, we've settled into this, I need to present very nicely and politely and, mm. you know, nothing's too exciting, nothing's too bad. And all that is, is just plain boring, right? So it's it's against our nature from, you know, we've just been trained that way. I don't know when it started, but, you know, it's hung in there pretty pretty well, so to be able to be more expressive, we have to, first of all, internally, you know, be excited about what we're saying. And then we also have to loosen up those expressive muscles. Like we're not used to using them in business. You know, I would say in your, in your presentation, in your meeting, like, look for things to be happy about. Look for things to smile about. Nobody smiles on video and virtual sales calls, right? It's like the most underused expression. And surely there's something to be happy about, right? Uh-huh. And sharing those emotions is is how you connect and how you give context to what you're saying. So if we don't do that, then we're just, we might as well just phone it in.
0: Well, you know who is doing that is Gen Z. I am very interested in TikTok. And I think a lot of what's happening on TikTok is, it's almost like silent film. Like mm. if, if you watch what young people or what everybody is doing on TikTok, it has this very variety show kind of feel to it. And oftentimes it is people who are, they are lip syncing to like a scene in a movie or something, or, you know, maybe it's just music and they kind of turn their lives into a music video for 30 seconds. But oftentimes it is silent and it is these very big physical expressions or these very cartoonish kind of interactions, or it's a, a curve of the lips and like a come hither smile in like a thirst trap kind of picture. Um, I think it's very interesting now that it's like the technology has gotten so sophisticated that we're almost just kind of moving back. And it almost feels to me like we're kind of re-entering this bygone time where it's like people can just kind of walk up to each other and virtually shake hands and anybody can kind of talk to anybody and all these kind of barriers have come down. And a lot of people don't know what to do with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really has leveled the playing field. It's like we are going into our customers home. A lot of times they're coming mm-hmm. into our home as salespeople We would have killed for that 20 years ago. Right. It's like, oh, are you kidding me? I got to go into the CEO's office at home, you know, or, and, or they get to learn about me. And so that's really leveled the playing field. I think in terms of, you know, like the, the TikTok and the exaggerated, you know, emotions and Oftentimes I, I think people are afraid to over emote in business
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we, you know, I think we're removing more of those barriers because, you know, what we don't want to do is we don't want to go into caricature, right? No, We, we need to remain authentic and, you know, that doesn't mean you can't have fun and parody stuff and have, you know, especially if you're creating a video, but... It, it, you know as long as you're authentic at the core of it and i think what what we miss in business is some of those subtler expressions that used to tell people that we empathize with them or we're interested because those are more subtle expressions and they can get lost on camera so you can tell me you're interested you know or you care about what i'm saying all the all you want but again if you're not looking at me and your face doesn't express some kind of empathy i don't get it right it doesn't it doesn't connect in here you know where it matters it's just logical
0: yeah well and this is something too i you know just like uh, uh, seeing the questions here about improv too one thing that i always learned and like if you watch any of my comedy videos they're ridiculous i do very very ridiculous bits in there but there is a tenant that i follow in the second city approach which is play every character to the top of your intelligence mm-hmm. so When I cut to my boss, I I have this, there's somebody asked me, like, which character is my go-to character? My boss character is, like, the most popular character I have with my fans. It's just me in a shirt and tie, and I'm screaming obscenities, and I yell cop cliches at me. But he's not stupid. I don't play him stupid. And I was always taught, if you're going to play a little kid, play the smartest little kid you can come to. And if you know something is true, your audience knows it's true, too, and don't 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 act like they're stupid, (laughs) you know. Like um, try to start from the assumption that everybody in your audience is smart. They are capable of understanding complex things, and if you're open to them and you're telling the truth, it'll shine through, you know. And even if you're doing comedy, even if you're doing something ridiculous like what I do, I am usually starting with myself. Maybe I'm I'm inflating one of my flaws. To comic proportions, or maybe they teach in Second City. Start with a family member, start with a cousin, start with a former boss you had, and try to react as genuinely as them as you can. And then just whatever it is, oh, they're you know it's a person who's forgetful. Okay, you're going to be way more forgetful than them, and you're going to forget literally everything you're supposed to do that day. But you try to keep it grounded. And
1: well, yeah, I mean it's it's similar in acting. Like it's if, if you're playing someone who's drunk. The whole purpose of a, a person who's drunk is not like playing drunk. They are trying to appear sober, right? They're mm-hmm. tr- they are in, in, impaired, but they are trying really hard to act like they're not drunk. So it's understanding, you know, the the truth of the role that you're playing. And I always say, you know, we play roles all the time. I mean, it doesn't mean we turn into a different person. We just use different parts of ourselves, mm-hmm. Right. It's like, I'm a salesperson. I'm a, but I'm also, a, you know, a partner. I'm a sibling. I'm a yoga instructor. Again, I show up a little differently for those roles based on what my objective is and who my audience is and how I can best connect with them. But I'm not, I'm still me. And so the thing about video is you have to find what is the you that really reads well on camera? How do you need to show up? Mm -hmm. And I often say it's that, you know, and you can think of it as a, as a, you know, something that works for you, but I would say it's kind of like second date energy. First date you're too nervous, right? It's too chaotic, you know, it's too stressful, but second date where you're like, yeah, this is what, you know, I'm excited about this. How do you show up? You show up with like, you know, really interested and kind of that edge of the seat, kind of, you know, I can't wait to learn more about this person and see where this goes. How do you find that energy? And that's what I loved about acting and and improv too, is we don't expect that we're just going to be able to turn that on. Like, I don't know why, again, why we got this idea in business, we can just turn on this, you know, turn the camera on and be brilliant. That's not how it works for anybody. (laughs) You know, maybe a handful of people, but- you have to, you know, if you, if you can warm up and think about, you know, how do I, how can I get in that, that state that really helps me connect at my best energy level?
0: Something that helped me, somebody taught me one time, and I, I, anytime I'm training somebody, whether I'm training them on stage or I'm training them in business, I tell them, remember, the audience is on your side. Right. If you yeah. are on stage and you have an audience there, they bought a ticket. And they literally put it on their calendar. I am planning to have fun tonight. Right, right. They're and not playing, just show what, up acting like it's fun.
1: Got, right. What was that? There they don't show up going, well, let's just see what this guy's got. No,
0: they they're they <laughs> so want to buy into it. And I tell people it is the same thing for your demo. If right. you yep. send a calendar invite and you work it out, and that person shows up to your sales presentation, it's because they are yearning for it to be good. They could be doing any other work on earth, but they're giving you the chance because maybe what you're offering is going to help them. Right. And when you remember that and you just go, okay, so I'm the performer. There's the audience. We're on the same team. It's all about like, what does that person want to see? You know, and that's where the good right. questions and the good listening come in. But it's like, what? how does this show end in their mind? What? Why did they buy the ticket in the first place? What are we supposed to do together? Right, right. And yeah, if you keep it focused on them, they will not turn off their camera. They'll interact with you. And sales is a performance, just like acting is, just like sports is, sports is a performance. Any of you jacks out there, it is different with an audience. It's all just performing.
1: It is, but you know, performance is again, it's like using the best parts of yourself. When I, you know, actors are all about, you know, using themselves and and melding themselves with the role, not turning into an entirely different person. Like you know, you could see, you know, you think of characters like Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, like a number of, of actors could play that role and it would be totally different, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's got, he's made it his own. And and he even said, uh, Johnny Depp said, you know, acting is, you know, it's not about lying. It's it's about being yourself. Otherwise it's just lying. It's about being yourself in the role. So it's, you know, it's it's kind of a, balance between, you know, finding what part of you is really appropriate for that particular engagement and, and how to magnify those things that will engage your audience.
0: Yeah. Show up as the most compelling version of yourself and tell the truth. That's right. And make it interesting, right? You give, give them a, a little, of up a of so, as they say, I give them the old razzle dazzle. Cause that's right. what we're all about. If you've ever seen the movie Chicago. Yep. Yeah. Um, I love that movie. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is our time. So I'm going to give you one more chance. Uh, if anybody joined us late here, Julie, could you tell us once again, where we can find you online? If anybody's interested in your masterclass or anybody wants to buy your book?
1: Sure. Sure. So um, you can go to my website at Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N. live or you can get the book on Amazon. Look me in the eye. And I've got tons of blog articles and videos on all, all the tips to connect on, on camera. And um, you can help yourself to those, see if I answer any question. Or reach out and I'll answer your question directly if we didn't get to it.
0: Excellent. Julie Hansen, thank you so much for joining the show today.
1: Oh, thank you, Chris. We could have gone on and on, but I'm sure people get got stuff to do so I know,
0: yeah but this has been super fun I love talking to people who are passionate about the craft and just yeah. anybody who helps make getting on video a little bit simpler for the people who are nervous um thank you Julie